0: City of Hope, named by U.S. News and World Report as one of the top cancer hospitals in the country for the 11th year, brings you City of Hope Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. City of
1: Hope is actively developing tomorrow's treatment protocols today for testicular cancer, and my guest today is Dr. Jonathan Yamson. He's a clinical assistant professor in urology and urologic oncology at City of Hope Comprehensive Cancer Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Yamsen. What is testicular cancer?
0: Good morning, Melanie. Thanks for having me. Testicular cancer is probably the most common solid organ tumor of uh, young men, uh, anywhere from puberty to age range of 45, and it develops in the testicle. You can have uh, you can have multiple tumors in the testicle, but testicular cancer um, testicular cancer 95% of it is what we call a germ cell tumor. It uh, develops or it uh, is first detected upon, uh, upon feeling or examining the testicle, and it typically is an in, a firm nodule or hardness to the testicle that uh, surprisingly men feel and sometimes don't get evaluated right away. And so it, uh, it is detected upon examination, and ultrasound of the testicle can further delineate this from anything else.
1: Well, I can understand how men would not get it checked right away because men typically, we're the ones who have to shove them in to see a urologist anyway. So do you advise that men do a check? Just like women, we do a self-breast exam. Do you advise men to do this check?
0: We do. We do. In fact, this is a standard thing for men when they see their primary care physician. Their their primary care physicians will routinely do a testicular exam when they fall into that age group, the, the young age group, that is. And I do recommend that men perform self-examination and get familiar with the anatomy down there. And if there is any sort of change, then they should call this to the attention of their physician who can then order the appropriate tests or refer them appropriately to the urologist to examine this further.
1: And are there certain risk factors which would predispose a man to having testicular cancer?
0: Great question. There are. Uh, The single most notable risk factor is when a man has a history of the testicle being undescended in childhood. Uh, This occurs, um, the the, the descent of the testicle happens uh, late in utero, and sometimes it fails to descend completely when children are born uh, prematurely. Uh, And so that kind of history where the testicle did not make it all the way down into the scrotum or required some sort of assistance or surgical intervention, it's those men that will have an increased risk of developing a tumor in the testicle. Sometimes, uh, about maybe 5% of the time, Whatever insult took place for one side to descend, it affects the opposite or normal testis, and tumors can develop rarely on that side. Um, There are other risk factors, including what we call testicular atrophy. If the testis didn't develop fully for some unknown reason, that testicle also has an increased risk of developing testicular cancer. Interestingly, uh, maybe 10 to 15 percent of testis cancers are detected when men are seeking assistance uh, with regard to infertility issues and so it's upon the workup of infertility that physicians recognize hey there's a there's a tumor going on. there's a tumor here in your testicle and we need to further work this up
1: so if a man feels a lump goes in to see you are there other symptoms that you want to let the listeners know about that might if they're not feeling a lump that might come up
0: well, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's usually the the lump is the primary thing. On, on occasion, you get symptoms of disease that has already disseminated or spread. We've had patients advance, uh, present in advanced manners where they're feeling abdominal pain, abdominal fullness, even back pain. And the route of spread of testis cancer has for the most, follows for the most part a, a relatively set pattern where the lymph nodes in the back of the abdomen, known as the retroperitoneum, become uh, involved or metastatic sites. And these tumors can, can be quite large to where they are impinging or uh, applying pressure to the adjacent organs and musculature so that a uh, patient feels these kinds of symptoms of back pain, uh, et cetera. And so those are the kinds of symptoms that, uh, that would manifest as well. We've had patients present with shortness of breath because they've developed tumor metastases into the lungs uh, or even feeling palpable uh, masses all the way up into the lymph node chain toward the neck. Uh, which were firm, and they just sort of develop over time, and sometimes they were overlooked. You know, patients with this age group have very busy lives, and they sort of just blow them off, and finally when they get evaluated, they recognize that, hey, there's a large testicle also, and finally the imaging reveals that this is a, a testis cancer.
1: Dr. Yamsen, once it is diagnosed, how is it treated? What are the typical treatments? Because I think this is probably the scariest but yet most interesting part of this conversation is because men are worried about what the treatment involves.
0: Well, the treatment will depend uh, uh, on the stage of diagnosis, at the stage at the time of diagnosis. So in general, if uh, men present early and the uh, the testicle is really the affected, uh, the primary site of diagnosis, of, uh, the primary uh, site of detection, then the testicle is removed. And then, depending on what the pathologist finds, because the testicle is removed and it's sent off to a pathologist, and they'll look at it under a microscope and tell us the different cellular subtypes of testis cancer, and they will then, uh, based on that, the, the treatment regimens are a little different. You can have things called seminoma, where it is very radio and chemosensitive. Now, in general, if, if there's no evidence of spread the removal of the testicle may be curative at usually 80% of the time. And so part of the part of the staging process is not only looking at or examining the testicle with the ultrasound, but also doing what we call a CT scan. The CT scan will cover the chest, the abdomen, and the pelvis, and will tell us uh, to what extent uh, the disease has spread. Now, the unique thing about testis cancer is it also has tumor markers. It's uh, it's really the model of a, of a lot of cancers in that it has specific blood-detectable markers that are indicative of the subcellular subtypes and the activity, and we can use these tumor markers to monitor its response to therapies. So going back to treatment, if the tumor was confined only to the testicle, we opt to survey or watch everybody uh, moving forward because up to 80% of these patients are cured with just the removal of the testicle alone. If there is disease in the retroperitoneum, uh, and depending on the size of, the, of that disease, but usually if there's disease in the retroperitoneum, they move on to something like chemotherapy. If there's very small or limited disease uh, in the retroperitoneum, they may be eligible for radiotherapy if it's only seminoma. But if there are multiple subtypes of uh, of uh, testis cancer, then they'll want to get chemotherapy. And if the, usually the, these uh, tumors respond well, for the most part, to the chemotherapy. If there are residual tumors remaining despite the chemo, then these can be surgically removed.
1: So, now side effects. If you have to remove a testes, men, I'm sure, are worried about, is there any involvement or sexual dysfunction that goes with that removal? I mean, if the cancer is gone, they should be happy about that, but then they worry about the side effects.
0: Good question. So, with regard to sexual dysfunction, upon removal of the testicle, really the only the only thing that we concern ourselves about at that level is the uh, potential for infertility, the potential for compromising uh, the uh, natural conception of a child, because it'll affect uh, it may potentially affect one's sperm counts. And so, before we embark on any therapy, we encourage men to engage in sperm banking. Now. It's a difficult thing in, in today's medical world and that a lot of insurances don't cover this, and so it, it becomes a difficult uh, uh, task for those who don't have the means to do so. But we do encourage men to uh, cryopreserve their sperm in the event that they wish to father a child in the future. Now, the removal of the testicle may affect one's fertility, and subsequent therapies such as chemotherapy may also do that, and it's for these reasons we, we want. We have patients... Uh, Bank sperm when it's feasible for them. When we, I did mention to you the surgery earlier, um, which we routine, which we pretty much do now after uh, chemotherapy when there are when there are residual masses after chemotherapy. Um, there are a set of nerves uh, in the area of the retroperitoneum that are that make their way down to the pelvis, and they're responsible for the coordinated contractions that occur in the act of ejaculation. Now, this is the you know forward propagation of, of semen uh, so that it's deposited into the uh, vaginal fault. And when some of these nerves are disrupted or if, if we uh, cannot, there is if it's infeasible to preserve them and we have to compromise these nerves to remove the tumor, men may have difficulty or men may not experience uh, ejaculation appropriately. They may not propel semen in a forward direction, let alone propel any at all, but they can still like
1: have an erection. One thing has can, nothing to do with the other,
0: right? Exactly. They can still have an erection. They can still experience orgasm or heightened sense of, uh, of climax during intercourse, but it really becomes a conception or fertility issue at that point.
1: And in just the last minute, if you would, Dr. Yamsen, please tell the listeners why they should come to City of Hope for their urologic cancer care.
0: Well, at City of Hope, we have a very experienced team. Uh, we we cover all aspects uh, of uh, of urologic oncology, and uh, you know we're a tertiary can, can, uh, cancer center, and we specialize in, in treatment of these uh, very advanced uh, cancers. And we've we've got it broken down into uh, into a very uh, set uh, pattern, and we got minimal variations. We we minimize our complications, and and uh, we are uh, you know contributors to the National Comprehensive Cancer Network guidelines, and so. Uh, we find ourselves at the forefront, in conjunction with other major cancer centers, in uh, in developing the treatment paradigms and uh, and um, and optimizing them.
1: Thank you so much. You're listening to City of Hope Radio. For more information, you can go to cityofhope.org. That is cityofhope.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.